There's a lot to be said about the book of Deuteronomy. There's also a lot to be said about what happens when people get together and they shut off technology and they just sit with one another. What happens? We begin to share stories. We begin to share life and everything that's happened in it with one another. We begin to share with one another our experiences. Those things that have helped us learn right from wrong. The experiences that we've had in our life that were good and those that were bad. You see, experience tells us that if we're on a journey and we take a left-hand turn by accident and we find that it's a shortcut, we share that experience and overwhelmingly share the joy that we have that we found a better way. But if we take that left-hand turn and we find that it's a windy, scary road that completes in a dead end, experience teaches us, I'm not going down that road again. Experience has a way of teaching us the best way in this path, this journey of life that we should go. Unfortunately, experience doesn't always teach us what we should learn. Experience in our society sometimes teaches us the wrong lesson. For example, say you're a child and you get caught in a lie by your parents. It should teach you that it's always better to tell the truth. Unfortunately, some have created this lesson that says, I don't need to tell the truth, I just need to tell better lies. Ones where I don't get caught. Experience should teach us that if we end up in bankruptcy, that we should live within our means, that we should live more as a better steward for what we've been given. But it might teach us that, hey, we can get away with frivolous, careless living. If we look at these examples in Scripture, these ones that teach us or are supposed to teach us the lessons of life. But so often we learn the incorrect lesson. We don't learn from the experiential mistakes. We find that we don't always make the better choice and live a life that is honest and in good standing with God and with people. It's been said that a smart person is the one who learns from their own mistakes, but a wise person is one who learns from the mistakes of others. The entire book of Deuteronomy is to get the people of God together and tell the story of disobedience, to tell the story of God to the next generation. That the mistakes made by their parents by being disobedient by, to God would hopefully redirect a new generation that they might learn a lesson from it and choose to be obedient to God who wants to give to them this promised land. This land that's flowing with milk and honey. In fact, the, the name Deuteronomy in of itself is, literally means second telling. It's the second telling of the law that's given to the people through the Exodus, through the books of Leviticus, and through Numbers. And the hearers of this book are those who are only children at the time of the Exodus, or were yet unborn at the time of the Exodus when God led His people through the, through the uh, leadership of Moses out of Egypt, out of slavery, and towards the promised land. But somewhere in the midst of that, 
the people disobeyed God. And so for the next 40 years, they had been wandering in the desert, wandering in the wilderness. And now it's towards the end of that 40-year period, and Moses, by the direction of God, now tells the story to this next generation. Tells the story to those who were yet just children when all of this happened. Tells the story to those who have lived their entire lives with their homes on their backs, literally, as nomads in the wilderness, wandering from place to place to place. During this time period, God had come up with all kinds of ways that the people could be faithful, the people could learn better, the people could worship God. He had directed them to build the tabernacle, the tent, that which would be eventually the, 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 the diagram for which they would build the true temple when it would be built later on in the promised land. But during this time, they had built up this mock tabernacle, this mock temple. They had the outer gates and the inner gates and the holy of holies and all of this. But it was all portable. So every time that the people of God would move, they would not only break down their homes, their tents where they were staying, they would break down this place where they worshipped God and they would take it with them place by place by place, hoping to one day be allowed to go into the promised land. But they were not going to inherit this promised land but yet their children would. Their children might. If their children learned from the disobedience of their parents and were obedient, they would inherit this promised land. And so it seemed so possible for them in this time, near the end of this 40-year period, as the disobedient generation was ending and the obedient generation was rising, that we would Inherit, his people would inherit the promised land. But we today, we're so very far removed from this story. And though we've studied it, though we've heard about it, though we may have even traveled to the Holy Lands to see in some of the places mentioned herein, we still really have no understanding of what it would have been like to enter into the promised land of our Lord. We have no idea what it would have been like to be a generation who lived as nomads and were about to go into the place that God had ordained for us. We have no idea what it would be like to be a generation to obey God without fail. You see, it would seem that if generations ago there was a people, there was a generation who faithfully obeyed the Lord and did everything that the Lord commanded, the world around us that we live in now would be a much better place than what we see. It would seem that if we had heard, if we had been a people who have heard the stories of how God is faithful to those who listen to Him, how God is faithful to those who are faithful unto Him, but angered and deaf to those who go their own way, that we might have somewhere learned the lessons that by now that life would be better because we're a people who follow God's commands. Even in our generation, our generation that is so far technologically advanced, so well connected, so easily able to share the story of God, the stories of God's people with one another. You would think by now we would be a generation who obeyed God without question. Yet we're not. We've continuously been generation after generation to either learn the lessons from our past and choose to go our own way anyway, 
or created our own false lessons from what we've heard. Author and philosopher George Santayana is famously paraphrased by Winston Churchill in the line, those who fail to learn from history are doomed to repeat it. But in its original context, Santayana says this, Progress, far from consisting in change, depends on retentiveness. When change is absolute, there remains no being to improve and no direction is set for possible improvement. And when experience is not retained among the savages, as among savages, infancy is perpetual. Those who cannot remember the past are condemned to repeat it. What Santayana is saying here is very steeped into the literature, into the heritage of a redeeming God. Who says through First Peter, though you desire meat, though you desire spiritual meat, you're still on milk. Because you've yet to grow up. You've yet to understand the true abundance of God's love. Even though you've heard these stories from the time that you were little, though the time that you did not know right and wrong, though you've heard them all the way growing up, you've still turned out to be a disobedient generation. You've still failed to understand the love of God. And we can see it prevalent as we look in the world around us and we live among its people. Because we don't see people who bask in the joy of the Lord each and every day. No, instead, we hear its hurts. We hear its pains. We see its violence that stem from the same hurt and pain from time that is long past. Yet we repeat ourselves over and over again. What we hear is a call of those who have been marginalized for far too long, whomever they may be. Whatever race, nationality they may be, they've been marginalized. They've been pleading for justice and help. They've been pleading for mercy. But no one gives them mercy. No one shows them love. They respond with violence and hate. And hate and violence is reciprocated. When are we going to see people who bear the same image of God that we have born on our own hearts? When are we going to see each other for who God loved? For who God died for? When are we going to see someone not because of the differences that are between us, but for the similarities of the love of God that is in all of us? It's heartbreaking to think that we live in a world so far advanced, yet we see the potential hurt and harm that someone is going to cause to us before we see the love of God that we could share with them. I ran across a little cartoon the other day. Simply had a little drawn globe, a little drawn earth in the midst of the universe where it belongs. And an overly large character depicting Jesus yelling at this globe, Stop it! It should be humorous. But instead it brings a tear to the eye think that this world that God created, this universe that God created is so full of hate. And it's nothing new. It's full of hate because we've disobeyed God. It's nothing new. We haven't learned from the generations of our past to stop it. And to love God and love people. In this world we find ourselves in need of a call to that reminder 
Our hearts and our ears have been turned to hurt and pain for so long, they need to be returned to hear the voice of God telling us that we need love, not hate. That we need to accept, to not reject. That we need to be at peace and not war. That we need to be tuned in to what the voices have been saying throughout the generations through the stories of old. What God has been saying through, though we are very hard of hearing, though we are very stubborn, though we are very deaf. If you love me, Obey my commands. What is the command of the Lord? Love the Lord your God with all that you have. And love your neighbor as you would yourself. We didn't have to learn that lesson from Jesus, though many of us have heard it from Him. God told the people when they were wandering in the, de in the desert, when they were wandering in the wilderness, this generation who heard the book of Deuteronomy, they heard this message. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Everything else, Jesus says, hinges on these commands. Follow these commands. And you will inherit the promised land. But generation after generation after generation of people have been too caught up in themselves to listen to God. And though the hearers of this book of Deuteronomy Though the hearers of this story did obey God and inherit the promised land, it was not easy. And then the generation after them forgot it all over again. Forgot about it. it. Led to the people being exiled from this promised land. Being dispersed about the world. It led to them needing someone to come and redeem and to save. This is the reason we need to be reminded of the stories of old. That we need to be retold again and again and again. But we are very slow learners. We who need to hear what God is speaking through the ages and realize that this Word is as powerful and as meaningful today as it was in that time long ago. We need to hear this story in our own generation and the generations that are to come after us that they perhaps would be wiser in the Lord than we have been. They would learn from the ample mistakes that we have made in our lives and they would create a better society and obey God above all else. We have to own up to the fact that we've not done a good job. We have to own up to the fact that we have made mistakes. And instead of making excuses for the mistakes that we've made, to, especially to our children, we need to humbly ask for them to forgive us. For them to learn from our mistakes. From, to learn from the ways that we were taught by our parents or by their parents or by the parents before them. All the different ways in which we've messed up and not done God's will and not done obeyed God's law. We need them to learn from us that they would raise their children perhaps in a way that they would truly see God above all else. This story is about the missed opportunities that all have to share the kingdom of God and to truly be God's people and He our God. And we have that opportunity time after time after time again. Unfortunately, yet, as we read the history books and listen to the stories that have gone before us, We've even heard those who were saints in our world who have tried to make the world a better way. We find that we as a people redeemed by a loving God forget to live that way. Forget to live as a redeemed and loved people. 
And so we find ourselves, even in this generation, wandering around in the wilderness, waiting for the generation that will lead us to our promised land. In order for us to get there, this is what we must do. Obey the command of the Lord who called us out of darkness and into His marvelous light, who taught our hearts how to love and called us to love and go make disciples of all ages, of all nations, of all races, of everyone. See them as God sees them until He returns or calls us home. Yes, we can get to the promised land if we obey the commands of the Lord. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.